Hi, AM. I'm sorry for my late response to your latest episode, but I wanted to tell you, you were right on point. I am dealing with that as we speak. As you said, it is time to do new things and we are to conduct ourselves in a new way, in a new manner. And I'm dealing with that right now. As always, you're right on point. I want you to know that your episodes from Grace Pace have helped my walk and my journey with God and God bless you for it. That's all I can say. Keep on bringing the fire as you always do. Take care. Love you. Can't wait till the next episode. Bye for now. Greetings, Grace Pace family, friends, and dedicated listeners. So glad that you've decided to join me for another episode. I'm your host, A.M. Wilson. And this episode, I wanted to do a disclaimer before we get started. Please adjust the volume because during this interview, our speaker, he comes in a little louder than my voice. And so you may notice that there's a slight deviation in the sound. And so uh, please adjust your volume a little bit. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy this episode and have a blessed day. I'm going to really allow him to introduce himself. And I'm so happy for the opportunity to have for him to to just take some time out of his day to come and talk to us about something that's very serious. It's uh, very surreal. And how many of you know we all are dealing with reality? So um, our guest today is someone who has been incarcerated. He served some time and he was incarcerated as a a young man in, in his youth, as a teenager. And he experienced some things. And he's really excited about having an opportunity to, to share about God's goodness and his grace and his mercy. And um, without further ado, his name is Prolific. And how are you today, Prolific? I am amazing. How are you? I'm doing great. We've been looking forward to this opportunity. And I told him a little while back that I wanted to interview him. And he has been gung-ho. I mean, he has been asking me, when are we going to do it? When are we going to do it? <laughs> yes. I just recently went on a trip. And I told him we were supposed to do it last weekend. And I, I went on a trip. And it was kind of unexpected, but I was like, when I get back and get rested up, we're going to do this. And so uh, he just literally, I'm, I'm so excited to, to have this opportunity to interview with you. So you have made my day and I thank you so much. So, you prolific, made my day too. so prolific, I want you to do just a, a quick 30 second introduction of who you are starting now. Okay, I'm prolific. Um, I was born in 111187, um, I'm Scorpio. Um, and I'm a wonderful person. I love basketball, I love sports, I love writing, I'm an artist, I love to write, um, I'm a storyteller, I'm getting into, uh, wanting to direct and act in movies. Uh, I have a lot of dreams, I'm very ambitious, I'm very compassionate, and, uh, you know, I'm just a good person, I'm, and, and, and before all of that, I am a believer in Heavenly Father, and, uh, and the Lord and our Savior, and, um, He saved me with so many different situations and I knew he was real because I was I was on so many different wrong paths uh paths like basically the devil path and just doing bad things and it was like he changed my life forever and I know he's real and I thank the Lord for this situation because uh I, he he saved me 
And I, I love to be able to tell my story, but uh, I am a believer, ultimately. I'm a believer of Jesus Christ and our Savior. And my aunt and my grandmother was basically raised me in a Christian family, so I've always been a believer. But uh, I really became a believer once I went through what I went through. It just changed my life forever. Awesome. That's a perfect, okay, that's the perfect introduction. That's amazing. You did good. Thank okay. you. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, now I'm so happy. I'm, I'm probably a little giddy because I'm just really excited because I know that there are so many people that have experienced things in their lives that they may feel ashamed of, they may feel bad about. Yes. And um, I just feel so blessed to be able to, to share the platform with someone who has really been through some things. And I mean, we've all been through some things, but there mm -hmm. are so many, a, a generation of people that may feel as though no one can relate to them. And so I believe that your, your testimony will be able to reach some people that when they hear uh, me, AM, I'm just saying some things and they're just like, yeah, she sounds like a little old lady that doesn't know anything. She probably hasn't gone anywhere and done anything. But this is where you come in, where you can bring your life experience and you can share, shine that light on the blessing of God where in places where I've never been. And I, I can just say I've, I've never been incarcerated before. I don't know what it's like. Uh, I mean, it's not, I'm sure it's not what you see on TV. I watch it on TV or whatever, but no, no, no. I can't relate to that, but you can. So thank you so much for taking this time. So I'm really excited about it. I, I really can't express it enough how happy I am because this is going to be a blessing to someone and either they're on one end or the other. They may have been in and they can relate or they are headed a certain way and you may be able, your witness will be able to deviate them from the path that they're on and the devil will not get a chance to impact their lives because of your testimony. And I thank the Lord that, you know, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And I'm actually beginning to feel in the Holy Spirit right now. So I'm getting really excited. So, so I'm going to try to not preach. So I'm going to keep on an interview form because I, when they start talking about God, <laughs> first yeah. oh, prolific. Okay. So prolific. Um, let's get on the path of where the first question. Okay. What caused the incarceration? Well, I'm going to be honest with you. What caused the it was. Question. Wait, wait. The first question. How old were you? Oh, I was actually uh, 19. I was 19 years old. And um, basically, I was on the path of destruction. Uh, I was a former uh, gang member uh, with the Bloods and um, affiliated with a lot of different uh, nations and gangs and stuff. And it was, uh, it was basically a mind of destruction. Um, I had a wonderful family. I was raised to never, you know, do any of those things. But the devil in my mind uh, led me to negative thoughts and stuff like that. So, uh, like like I said, I was never homeless or poor or had to rob people. But, uh, you know, uh, a lot of stuff that I was around and people I was surrounding myself around was, uh, you know, not, not good people when it comes to uh, being a believer of the Lord. So, we basically uh, was on the path of destruction. So, uh, what led me to that... Um, Basically, I was I was on drugs. I was smoking marijuana and drinking a lot of alcohol and popping X pills and stuff like that, doing all the 
you know, bad things. And it was like my mind was, uh, it was in the Bible where they say you do drugs and it basically, it kind of opened up paths from, to, for demons to get on you. And I felt like that had played a major part in it. And, uh, you know, with my mind being on drugs, it was like, uh, I thought a lot of negative things. So I, I started robbing people. And really, at earlier than 19, I was getting away for it. And, was, and I thank the Lord that uh, I didn't get locked up back then. And a lot of my family didn't know. So I was like, you know, I was doing sneaky things that I wasn't supposed to be doing in the streets and stuff. And I was getting away with it for a long time. So when I turned 19, uh, me and my brother uh, was doing some stuff in the streets. And uh, we started robbing. We started robbing people. Totally unnecessarily. Um, we wasn't poor. We, wasn't, we didn't need, you know, to rob people and stuff like that. But... Uh, we started robbing people and we got away a couple times uh, when I was 19 and then the very last time uh, we did it in 2007 February the 24th uh, that's actually 23rd 23rd and uh, we did that and uh, we got caught the police caught us and they locked us up uh, on Virginia and Bates in the South City in St. Louis and uh it changed my life forever because we didn't have to do that, but we definitely, you know, was making the wrong decisions. And, and that's what led us to do it, uh, just being being on drugs and being around the wrong environment, you know, and following negative thoughts and to, you know, wanting to harm people we didn't know and rob people we didn't know. Like, fast money is, like, never good. So we wasn't thinking in the path of, like, working a job. I mean, I graduated high school, and I always been pretty smart in books and stuff, but I... I I was taking the mind path of the streets and wanted to like do harm to people I ain't know. So it was like that's what led into it. To answer your first question, like that's what led into it. Okay. So um, uh, how? Okay. So this is this a question I didn't have written down, but I want to ask this because I think it's really important. Mm -hmm. so how old were you when you started experimenting with um, drugs and alcohol? Uh, I actually, to be honest with you, I actually was seven years old and uh i was sneaking and smoking with our god brother when my mama and, and pops was gone and stuff and uh he had some weed we started smoking weed and he had little joints and stuff and i i sneak and smoke with him i had some hit. i was young and, and he, he was basically like lord rest his soul he he would let me do it he would let me do it at a young age so i was actually like seven years old smoking weed hitting joints with my god brother and uh, that's what that started it. But I wasn't really like consistently always smoking. I just sometimes mess around with him, and uh, it was it was it was cool. Like in my mind, like trying to be like him and being influenced by the wrong stuff. So it was like that was in my mind. And then you know I mess with him a little bit, and then I stop. But I really started smoking around like. I want to say my eighth grade, ninth grade year, mm -hmm. when I really started like really indulging in smoking weed and stuff like that, it was like around that time, that's when I really started indulging. I was like in eighth grade, so I say I was probably like 14, mm -hmm. something like that. And uh, yeah, I really started smoking in and then I started selling it, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know and, and you know, it was like actually, you know, at the moment, at the time, I was thinking in my mind, like my mind from it at that moment was like, oh yeah, I'm making quick money, you know, I'm making money, I can get high, you know, it was fun. And you know, it was like in my mind, it was thinking like, you know, trying to have an independent job for yourself 
And without having to ask my mama and my pops for money and my aunties and family all for money, I was like thinking of a way to like get quick money. And being influenced by, you know, my God brother, but it was like in a negative light, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's what led me, that's what started. But then when I started selling, it was like, that's what really influenced me to want to do it because I was making a little change off of it. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. So, so when you, let's go back to the incarceration. So yes. when you when you were incarcerated at the time, you mentioned that um, you, that one last place that you went to to rob that one last place. Seven mm Eleven. -hmm. Um, yeah. When you, to, when you went to that one last place, so um, from that time is how much time did you end up getting for for that that one last time that you did that? So that one last time in 2007, um, that led me into when they incarcerated, they caught us uh, and they beat us pretty bad. You know, they had us in cuffs. They beat us pretty good. Me and my brother, they put uh, feet and hands on us. Even while we were Yes, ma'am. Oh, okay. Yeah. You can go to a different place now. You yeah. said, okay, now this, okay. You said that they actually, when they, when they arrested you, so share with us what, what happened during that time. Uh, that light, I remember like it was yesterday. They, they, they actually caught the gun and found the gun and, and found the money. We had $7,000 and they had, uh, they had the little 25 pistol that they caught and they had some marijuana. So they had everything, you know, they had the gun and everything. They had us in cuffs and uh, uh, they would just, you know, start, Start putting their hands on us just because we, you know, we, you know, we robbed somebody, but we wouldn't say nothing about it. We was like not talking about it, and uh, they just start putting their hands on us. And then uh, after they did that, you know, eventually that lasted a couple of minutes, and then they locked us in the separate in, in different poli police vehicles, and uh, they took us to uh, to the city justice center uh, downtown, and. Um, took us there of course they was you know asking us questions but we wouldn't tell on each other and stuff at the moment so it was like nobody ever told so uh I actually my first to fast forward to what they uh was offering me my first offer was 30 years they offered me 30 years for uh two first degree robberies two acas and two unlawful use of a weapon and uh so what's an aca an ACA is an uh, acronym for Armed Criminal Action, which means like you uh, basically use uh, a deadly weapon in, in, in the situation. So it was so only offered you 30. Well, how much time did you actually get? Well, uh, I was telling my lawyer because the whole time uh, while I was in there, uh, I was afraid, you know, not for being incarcerated that much. It was more like I was afraid that uh, I was going to lose my life forever. Because this is a very serious situation, and at that point, point me, I've never been incarcerated ever once in my life, mm -hmm. you know. So it took me 19 years to get ever incarcerated once, and then this was so major. So just imagine in my mind was just like, oh my god, I'm about to be gone forever, and you know, I was hurt, and I was afraid, and that's what uh, led me to, you know talking to more to God and like start coming back to the path of God because I was afraid. But uh, the first offer was 30 years in 07. And uh, my lawyer, uh, of course, denied it because we weren't going to take that. So I started studying the law and I told my lawyer I would rather take a blind plea and use my background. A blind plea is when you just go in front of the judge and put it in God and the judge hand. 
You know, and ultimately, ultimately, it's, it's in the law's hands, but it's whatever the law put on the judge's heart, and that's it, not the prosecutor, because the prosecutor was trying to, like, really, really give it to me. And they, uh, the laws they came under was 20 years, and uh, they, I wouldn't take that. They was, they really was trying to hand it to me because this was serious charges. And even though nobody got hurt, uh, it really still was a robbery, and uh, you know, it, it was serious and dangerous. So they was they were serious about that one crime. During, I, I would like to ask one question. During this time, went straight in there, and uh, I had. You know, the gun to his head, and he listened. He complied to everything, and uh, I didn't. Nobody got hurt. He complied and gave me the money, and uh, laid on the ground, and uh, I ran out. I ran out the. Uh, now, can I ask you a question? Okay, so during this time, what if you could remember what was going through your mind at the time when this was taking place? When you had the gun to the person's head, what kind of thoughts were you thinking? Well, the thoughts I was thinking at the time when I was on drugs, I was, you know, high my mind on weed and drinking alcohol. I was thinking if he moved, I I might have to shoot him. You know, I don't want to, but in my mind, I was like, if he move and he don't, don't comply, I'm going to shoot him. And that's what how the devil had me at that moment. Like, mm -hmm. and uh, he complied. You know, he complied and he laid down, and uh, I, I and I ran out the store. And that was it. And I'm pretty sure after I left, he, you know, probably used his cell phone to call the police. Mm -hmm. But at that moment, uh, I was thinking, like, if he move, I'm going to shoot him, you know? Mm. Yeah, yes, mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was so wrong. You can see the grace of God in that. Oh, he yeah. Just, he just did what he was told to do. Now, how yeah. long were you after, after that? How long were you free? After you well, did that, after I did that, well, we were free about maybe thirty to forty minutes after uh, we we did that because we actually was getting away. This is how powerful. Now, this is the part that I want everybody to know how powerful the Heavenly Father is, right? Uh -huh. So we actually got away with that crime. That's the craziest, weirdest part about it. We got away with that crime, mm -hmm. and the car was like. Uh, blocks away, uh, we were covered up, our face was covered up, uh, so they didn't know who it was, and um, so uh, basically, uh, when we got away and got in the car, we were away, we were uh, basically hitting the back roads, and uh, we were away, so it was like about 20 minutes away, and out of nowhere, we are like farther down, about to get on the highway, and out of nowhere, this uh, police car was coming the opposite direction where we were coming, and they literally were going past us. And it's about four or something in the morning, and uh, I guess because they, you know, said it was two black males, but they didn't know what car we were in or what we looked like or anything. Uh, the police officers just hit a U-turn after they passed. They they were going right past us like a couple minutes, and they just hit a U-turn out the blue. And, and in fact, they actually were going in the opposite direction, actually. So uh, it was all uh, the father, you know, it was, at, it was at the point I felt like he was making a point for keep testing his his love for me because he was he, he was sparing me so much, you know, I could have been dead. Mm -hmm. So it was like he was sparing me so much. I felt like that was 
the point of where, when he showed us like we're not powerful here. We're not getting away with this. No matter how close we are at this highway and how much we think we're smart, you know, he literally placed that car like by us to turn around and get on us. He like, stopped you in your tracks to, to stop us right in our tracks. To, yes. To save you. It, it yep. sounds to me like uh, how Jonah, <laughs> he was supposed yep. to go one way and then God put him in the belly of the whale so that he could do an about face and end up going where yep. I really wanted him to go. But um, because I know that, you know, just from talking to you, I do believe that you do have a, a calling on your life. And I know people say that a lot to young people, but you don't go through the things that you have been through and it just to be something for you to keep to yourself. And I know I can feel the love that you have for God. So, but I'm going to move on to the next question. So now how much time did they actually end up giving you for that, that, um, that crime for those robbers, we actually end up getting ten years, which was, uh, you know, I was really reading the word at that moment. So, uh, God bless me, because I prayed for that. I literally prayed for that uh, ten years and under because uh, I, I knew what I could get at the minimum, and uh, that's when I, you know, put it in Lord hands and, and prayed for the blind plea and prayed on the blind plea. And I told my lawyer, let's do it, you know. And it was my idea. It actually wasn't a lawyer idea. It was my idea that I felt like the Lord put up my heart to tell him. And um, I told him, he was like, am I sure? Because they can give me, they can give me 30 years. The judge could give me that 30 years, you know. And and they, the judge was her name was Lisa Van Asberg, and I want her to be known because I love this woman. She's a wonderful woman, and uh, she was a white lady, and she she literally, you know, told me, she made me feel very special, and she made me feel special because when I asked her and admitted to the crime and told her I did everything, and my brother didn't have nothing to do with it, and it's all me, and told her, and I put it in her hands to uh, give me a second chance because my background was pretty flawless, um, she told me that she feels that I will do better in my second chance. Her, her name is Lisa Van Asberg, and she was a wonderful, wonderful lady. And she was a believer, and she was a Christian. She was a believer in Jesus, and she told me that she believed I can because, uh, you know, she looked at my background, saw I graduated, uh, saw that I had a, a you know, semi-scholarship for basketball, you know, and uh, like I was, you know, playing sports and like going to school to study fire and safety. And she knew that, you know, I had it in me to be a better person, but, you know, I made a bad decision. And she told me that I, she believed in me that I can get uh, get my mind and my life together by with the second chance. So she gave me the 10 years and said uh, she believed that I will be a good citizen when I come back. And I've been doing, I've been, and I've been at this moment in time, I've been out six years clean, no, no incarceration, no nothing. Besides traffic tickets, but yeah, other than that, I've been clean. You know? So she 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 was an angel in my life. I'm not gonna lie. And uh she believed she gave me the 10 years that I was praying for. Yep. Well, that 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 is so powerful how you recognized 
even in authority figures, a lot of times people think of authority as a bad thing and they don't have anything positive to say, but it's so wonderful that you recognize the authority in your life that they had it in their power to do different things and you're not bitter that you got any time, that you got your 10 years. You're thankful. Oh, I was grateful. I was very grateful. And that's that's something, not to cut you off, but that was something that I wanted them to know. Like I was grateful for that 10 years because it could have been worse. You could have gave me that 30 that the prosecutor was not planned about. And then and then she could have, you know, gave me the 20 that the prosecutor, like, that was the minimum that she was trying to give me. So it was just like, she could have really handed it to me, like, seriously. And she didn't. And it was, and I, I give all praise to the Lord, but it was her, that the Lord put on her heart. Seriously. Like, well, that 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 sounds amazing because ten and thirty are a drastic difference, and that is definitely it. Sounds like God had a, he intervened in that. Now, my next question would be, what did you learn about God through this experience? Well, I learned about God basically at that moment when I first got locked up in the justice center, and I felt that you know I was reading John, the book of John. And basically, uh, you know, when he got when he got basically eliminated, you know, it, it touched me. He got to put chills in my body and everything, and it touched me so much. And everything was so like spiritual at that moment. And that's when I changed my life. And when I felt the chills and the Holy Spirit, and when I felt the chills and the Holy Spirit. I want to say that was like in 08. Uh, I started changing my life around at that moment. Like everywhere I was hosting, you know, my Bible studies and everything. And this was before I even got the time, the 10 years. Like I started feeling him in my soul, you know. And I just always try to host Bible studies. And uh, I actually had to fight for Jesus because uh, at this moment, when I was changing my life, you know, I was a, a, a newborn Christian, even though I was raised in a Christian family. But, you know, I just studied different religions and just just stuff about the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, this guy, you know, because he used to see me host the, the Bible studies, he basically, you know, wanted to find me because he thought I was soft. And just because of me following the Lord. So I actually got into a fight over that because of me, you know, me, my Bible, and, and always on my, you know, my Christian stuff because it, it really changed me. But the Lord really changed me uh, at, after that point when I fought him. Uh, and it was like basically fighting for the Lord because I was, I didn't tell him I didn't want to fight, bro. I'm, I'm a, you know, I don't want to fight you, brother. And he, you know, just kept calling me on my name and all that. And then that place, like, you have to stand up for yourself, even standing up for the Lord. Like, you have to stand up for it because, you know, we're in a place where there's so many, you know, demonic energies that you you have to protect yourself, you know? So, and I could have turned, I could have, you know, turned the other cheek, but at that moment, I felt like I had to fight for in the Lord's name because, you know, you're not going to, you know, put your hands on me and just because I'm, you know, studying Bible, you know? Mm -hmm. So... But the Lord, you know, definitely changed my soul in 08, right before I got my time, because I felt him so much. Like, and I was believed, I believed that I was going to get the 10 years the whole time. But, mm -hmm. it had to, you know, walk into the fruition 
And it took years of doing it, but yeah, I felt it then when I, in 2008. So, so what was your experience like when you first entered into the, the incarceration? What was your experience like the first the first moment that you entered in? Were they uh, when you actually entered your cell and this is where you, the doors closed and this is where you're going to be? I was uh, very afraid. I was very afraid because they actually put me in the cell with two people because uh, they put me into the workers' pod and because uh, they didn't have enough space yet. So they put me in the cell with two people and it was very bunched up and I had a boat under their bunk, under the under the desk table. And I was afraid, you know, um, I was around all these strange people and negative energy and very uh, aggressive energy and a lot of different gang bangers, you know, mm -hmm. basically a lot of killers. And um, I was afraid. So, uh, but at that moment, I really, I was, to be honest, I wasn't even in my Bible yet. I wasn't, I still was like uh, on the wrong path because I was still in the gangbang mentality. So I was uh, really afraid, but I wasn't showing it. But in my soul, I was afraid because uh, I felt like this is something I've never been a part of. I don't, not familiar with. I'm familiar with the streets, but I'm not familiar with, you know, all these people bunched up in the world, you know, we got to fight and stab and stuff like that. So it was like, I wasn't familiar with this life mm -hmm. and uh, I was afraid. And um, basically I was just watching everything because, you know, I didn't know these people uh, and uh, very, a lot of people was, uh, you know, watching me and uh, a lot of people was wanted to talk to me because I was a new face and they asked me questions and I wouldn't talk to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. You know, unless I had knew a few of them from the streets, but uh, it was only two guys that I knew from the streets and the rest of the guys I didn't know. So a lot of people that talked to me, I would ignore them. You know, I just like, you know, just look at them a type of way in a gang banging mentality. So basically waiting to fight if somebody wanted to like harm me. So, you know, I was really ignoring people with fear because I was afraid to answer your question. So how long did it take for you to start feeling the transformation that you spoke of where you could feel the presence of God with you? Uh, so that was in 07 when we got, when I, uh, at that moment, I started feeling the presence of the Lord mm. in 2008. Uh, when I, when I, when they released me from that pod and took me to the pod next door, I started feeling him deep in my soul because, uh, I was around even more dangerous people. And, uh, it was a little more like, I, that's when I started putting my flag down and I started, you know, reading my word every day, all day, like, and, and like really putting, you know, when you read the Bible and you really read it every day, all day, it's like, you're going to feel that, that mm -hmm. spiritual awakening. And then the Holy Spirit touched me and it put the chills and tears all through my body. Mm -hmm. uh, I felt the happiness. I felt the joy of being okay. I'm going to be okay. And I felt the, uh, higher conscious and hearing the higher conscious of the Lord and my soul and telling me I'm going to be okay and, you know, just be strong and be patient. And he was delivering patience in my heart. So I felt like I felt the need and the urge to like speak about him every day, all the time and speak about, you know, let's, let's uh, have a Bible study and then let's everybody like, let's pray for each other. And, you know, just welcome everybody in the prayer, you know, I felt that in a way that the following like the next year, that was 07 when I was, 
of feeling like the, the fear of not talking to people and ready to fight. But the next year I start feeling the presence of the Lord, Jesus. Mm. And so you were in there a year and they re they moved you to another area. Yep, and here's yep. what I want to make sure I heard what you said. You said when you they moved you, they moved you to a a worse area where there were more hardened. You know, it was more dangerous. It was more dangerous people because I was actually put into the workers pile for some reason, which was a blessing because the workers pile was like, you know, more peaceful because the guys were like working and trying to keep their job and stay out of the way. But it's still dangerous. People still doing stuff regardless. Mm -hmm. But when they moved me next door, it was way more dangerous, way more treacherous where uh, the pods were locked down different. The high, the top walk wasn't, basically, excuse me, wasn't uh, connected with the lower walk. And uh, we were all separate because there was a lot of riots and fights and stabbings going on. Mm -hmm. So it was just way more different game bangers and way more different uh, level of peace because it wasn't peaceful over there. It and was very dangerous. It reminds me of a scripture that uh, talks about how uh, where sin abounds, grace much more abounds. And when um, when the enemy comes in like a flood, God will raise up a standard. So it's kind of interesting that uh, when you were around the worst, that's when you felt God the most. And yeah, I felt him the most. That is amazing. That's amazing. So my next question is, um, what did you learn about yourself? Well, the main thing that I learned about myself after getting that spiritual awakening that uh, the Lord is in me deeply. Like, uh, I am definitely a major vessel for the Lord. And a lot of the times I realized that I wasn't choosing to be a vessel for the Lord. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that's one of the major things I learned about myself that I'm a major vessel and I hear him and uh, basically in the sense of like a prophet, like I can hear him and feel him in different ways. And uh, I have a gift of seeing dreams, kind of like in the Bible when you hear stories of like dreaming and uh, seeing uh, when it, when Noah, when he said the dream to him, uh -huh. uh, I start seeing that I'm like a vessel like Noah where I, I see different visions of uh you know, bad things and good things, and but it's signs. It was signs that he was delivering to me to stay away from and people to stay away from. And he was guiding me through dreams. Uh a lot of days, a lot of days, uh through that. But uh I learned that about myself and being a vessel for the Lord. And I also learned that uh I was very, very tough-hearted. Like, it was a lot of things in my heart that I didn't think that I can go through mentally uh, that I that the Lord put in me to go through even when it comes to war. Mm -hmm. Like like David, uh, he was one of my favorite characters mm -hmm. uh, because he was a, a major assassin, but he was a believer. He still had talked to the Lord every day mm -hmm. and, and always kept the Lord close. And uh, that was another thing I learned that I was... Uh, I was very stronger than I thought when it comes to war and um, combat and stuff. It was like uh, I felt like a soldier for the Lord, but actually for survival. And it was stronger. Than I, and I, I didn't ever think that I can survive uh, being not just incarcerated, but being in the hole, another part of the prison for nine months. 
for getting in trouble. And it was like, I didn't think I could never tolerate that, but I made it through that through the Lord and the grace of being tough and, and putting my mind to different things, you know? So you, so um, it tested your faith. It tested your mental, physical, yes, spiritual, psychological, and yeah. you survived and were better for it. Yes, man. And, and, and a, bad, a bad thing I wanted you to know I learned about myself that uh, that I'm a drug addict. I'm a drug addict. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was hard for me not to when the drugs came in. And this after I found the Lord and everything. I still was going to services and everything. But I still had to smoke weed and stuff and smoke cigarettes. You know, and and, and I was smoking K2. I was addicted to K2 which was a new drug that I had uh, found upon. And it was like, I realized that uh, I'm a drug addict. Mm -hmm. and, it, and, it, and, it, and that was a, a disappointment to- so They actually had that where you can get that while you were incarcerated. Oh yes, ma'am. Oh yeah, they, we can get it. Especially not, not, not much when I was in the justice center, only a little bit, but when I went to prison, Oh yeah, we we can get a lot of drugs. Every drug you can name, you can get. But I wasn't on all the drugs, but I was on the drugs that I liked, you know. And I was doing them. And I, you know, I I, I was an addict. I can I can honestly tell you, heart to heart, I was an addict. Would you say was that a surprise to you? That yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. The drugs were yeah. like that there. Yeah, it was a, it was a major surprise. And this is actually a, a story. That ones you should know about that people might not know. Well, from when I first got locked up in the, in the Justice Center, uh, people used to, if they didn't have a lighter, you can use batteries and a stapler and tape to light your weed and your cigarettes with batteries and a stapler and metal and sit the batteries on a positive and a negative and light it with the positive and negative energy with the stapler and, to, and light your weed and your cigarettes. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so did, did you, do you feel that those uh, the things that you experienced were you also learned a lot about survival skills that like something like that that's like involves what chemistry? Yeah, it's it's, 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 it's chemistry. It's science. It's science. That's a, yeah. Mm -hmm. So uh, and um, <laughs> I was watching. This is just a bit of comedy, but there was a show mm -hmm. I was watching where the guy was. Um, he was a, a prison cook, so he learned how to do the noodles and things like that. You yeah. can make pizza with noodles and things like that. And where um, and he started selling it. So uh, in the movie, he was starting to sell what he had learned while he was incarcerated. And he was like saying he would make these snacks, prison snacks, and he was uh -huh. making them, and um, they were real popular. So um, I think it was Tracy Morgan did that, but. But um, there is a lot that people learn. And, and here's what's interesting. I think that it's amazing that people assume that just because a person is incarcerated, that they don't, they're not intelligent. There are some very extremely gifted and intelligent people that went down the wrong path and found themselves um, incarcerated. And also there are some people that didn't do anything. They actually have been framed and they found themselves in situations where 
they're doing time. So um, that's I, I, I didn't know what you just shared about the the. You said it was a stapler. Yeah, stapler and batteries and metal and sit it on the metal. Yep. That's amazing. Will it start a fire? Will it start a fire? Well, yeah, it actually starts a fire within the stapler. How you put when you when you put it on a positive negative, and then you put the you break a stapler in half, and then you tape it on on the positive negative side, and then you join the staplers together. So it's gonna they're gonna get like like on fire, but only on the stapler part, and then you put your your weed or your cigarette right on the you know the stapler, and it's gonna it's gonna catch a flame, but not a big. You know? I just, I'm curious. <laughs> Did have you lit a cigarette using that method? No, I haven't lit a cigarette because uh, that was like that was something that was new that I learned. But shoot, I would rather have a lighter, you know. So yeah, I didn't I do it. Okay, but so the pieces thing that's just funny you said that because the pieces are amazing. It's a very talented. Amazing cooks, amazing artists, amazing musicians, amazing uh, advocates. I'm talking about very. I met. I'm not gonna lie. I met so many amazing people mm -hmm. in prison, like uh, like talent wise, with different attributes of their character. Like like seriously, it's some some very highly intelligent scholars that's all amazing, and they just haven't got locked up for something. They just and that they just happened to go down the wrong path and ended yeah. up having to do their time. So yeah. and, and that is really important. I, I think it's so important. Um, and you know, I think that there's a scripture in the Bible, and I, I actually would have to find it, but there is a scripture that in Christianity we think about remembering the people that are in church and always um, making sure we comfort them. But Jesus also mentioned that we need to visit the people that are in prison. They need people. We, you know, we talked about, and, and it talks about the hospital, people that are afflicted, but we should not forget people that are incarcerated. And so um, on that note, that brings to mind another question that was not written down. How okay. did you feel about, um, did you ever feel isolated or alone, or did you feel that you got the support that you needed? I honestly, I honestly felt very happy. I was never alone. I had an amazing family. My cousins, my aunts, and my mom, my mother, uh, love you, mama. Uh, all my aunties and cousins and my sister and my brother, they were there for me. They were there for me. I had amazing family support. And I used to see people that didn't have that um and I used to look out for some that I was cool with, but it was some that I just really didn't talk to, but they were going through it. And I didn't I didn't feel that. And I felt bad for them because they didn't have any. They were living on state tips, $7.50. Or if you had a diploma or GED, you get $8.50 a month. Oh, really? Yes, ma'am. And they, and they were like going through it. So they had to like find jobs by doing laundry and uh, find different hustles to try to you know, provide for themselves in there. But I had amazing family support. Amazing. Like, the best. Like so That's another God thing. <laughs> yes. That was another thing that, that, that the Lord put uh, in front of me where I had amazing family family support through the whole nine years and eight days that I was incarcerated. I had my TV that was bought, my auntie bought. 
was a, that lasted me my whole prison bed. It was a, a 13 inch square box, clear TV. All the buttons worked. It was we had cable and stuff, and that lasted me my whole nine years and eight days. Actually, you said that you had cable? Yes, we had cable. We had a uh, movie channel where, where they'll get uh, PG-13 DVDs uh, that hit on Blu-ray and they'll put it on the TV for us. We had cable, yep. The whole nine years, we had cable. Did you have to pay for the cable? Okay. No, no. So you, you were saying that you had cable and so it, it, you didn't have to pay for it? No, it was free cable. Only thing you had to do was pay for your TV. And my TV lasted my whole bid, and it still was good. It never, all the buttons working and everything. Well, that, that's yeah. awesome. You know, uh, that's like how God blessed the children of Israel, where their clothes didn't wear out while they were going through the desert. Their yeah. clothes didn't wear out, and their clothes didn't wear out. So God blessed you where uh, you didn't, the things that you had, your resources, he allowed them to remain. No one tried to take them from you. That's a blessing that he yes. protected you during that time. So we're going to move on to the next one. But this okay. is, I'm really appreciating all this. There's so many wonderful things that you are bringing up. Um, okay, so what I would like to know is what is your vision as a person who is no longer incarcerated? What is your vision for your life? Well, I have a, a lot of visions for my life. Uh, but one of my favorite visions, um, I want to be uh, an advocate for the people that went through what I went through. I want to be able to mentor them and help them not go in the path that I took. I want to help them change their life if they took a lot of the things that I was in the path that I was taking. I want to, you know, I want to just kind of advise them to not take that path because you don't have to go down that road when you just want some money. Because the money, it's not the uh, the money is the root of all evil, evil. It's the, the greed for the money that that, that, that put the, in the people uh, to make you be uh, do evil things. So I learned from uh, not worshiping the money, you know, and I want to help people that, you know, going down that path to not do that. That's one of my visions. And another vision is I want to, uh, I want to be a, a gospel artist. Uh, I want to be able to tell my story through my music because that was a, a major thing and a major gift that God gave me was uh, a voice to be able to uh, write music and actually, you know, actually entertain people with it. And, uh, and I want to be able to just, you know, entertain people with my independent music. That's another vision um, that I want to do. And I got another third vision I want is I want to actually open up an RV service because being incarcerated and living in a place small, it made me appreciate trailer homes and RVs. And I want to invest in my RV service and like help people that's, you know, homeless and that's, you know, taking the wrong path to like help them, provide them with homes and shelter. You know, and show them the right path and show them, you know, to stick with church and stick with God. And actually, you know, it's people out here that would like to help them, you know, actually help the homeless and help the people that uh, that are feelings is trying to rechange their life around like I did, you know, which is what we do with uh, one of my uh, business constituents, uh, Stan Drizzy. We do uh, 
from prison sales to PhD, our P2P brand, um, we building up. Uh, it's going up pretty good. We help people uh, get into school and college. And, uh, you know, we actually uh, provide scholarships for people that's really uh, for felons. They're trying to re rechange their life around. And uh, I'm one of the uh, constituents that, uh, that on the music side, and I uh, want to help artists tell their story. You know, that's... It's called From Prison Sales to PhDs. Yep, from prison sales to PhDs. Yeah, we're actually you can uh, Google us, and uh, you will see us uh, right there. Uh, we actually are welcoming people to join our business. Uh, but you got to be a felon, you know. Uh, you don't necessarily got to be a felon, but we want felons to the people that's like going through things that's trying to change their life because it's it's it changed my life. I actually, uh, you know, graduated. Uh, one of my classes that uh, that I'm going to college in now. Uh, one of my uh, music uh, classes and one of my math classes, and I'm into writing classes as well. That uh, we, we provide, you know, opportunity for people that are trying to, you know, change their life around, and we become a better, want to be better people. So that's that's one. So you're taking classes right now. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I go to community college, and uh, I just passed my. Uh, a music class and my math class, I'm on a verge of passing my uh, writing class. So, uh, yes, ma'am, we, we, that's, that's because of P2P. Uh, that's the short version of it, uh, but it's from prison sales to PhD. Yep, that's how I, that's how I bring it. Yep. What, would, what is your major going to be in? Well, I'm studying business administration because with this business that we're starting, I want to know more about the business and I want to be a better asset to know more about business in general and learn more than I know uh, about the business so I can, you know, provide uh, better positions for people who's willing to work with us and come with us and are willing to join, you know, people that's willing to change. And, and I want to be a better businessman, a better entrepreneur. You know, it's amazing. Awesome. So excited. Yeah. So my my next question is, um, if you could go back to that 19 year old young man, or mm -hmm. if you feel like you can go further back than that, where would you go back? What, what part in your life before the incarceration would you go back to? And if you could share information from where you are today, what would you tell that younger version of yourself oh that's an amazing question to your younger version of yourself to try to help yourself back then if you could speak to yourself that's a good question um i would tell myself to basically take my time take my time with things and 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 i would have i would have told myself to Stay away from the people I was around and being in the streets and doing the things I was doing. I would have kept myself away from that. I would have stayed in school. I would have focused more on um, music and writing music because I didn't discover that I was a music artist until I got incarcerated. So I would have been focused more on music and tell myself to uh, stay more in the books and studying, you know, and sticking to you know, feeding myself knowledge rather than feeding myself the streets and then selling drugs and all that. I would have kept myself around more positive people and more encouraging people at, uh, at, that, at that moment because I was always around uh, 
negative energies around the wrong people and always into the wrong stuff. So at that moment, I needed I needed positivity. I needed more education and more positivity because I had a loving family. I always had love through my family, all my family and my granny and my aunts and all them. I always had love, but I was always putting myself around the street people and, you know, gangbangers. So it was more like I would have put myself around more scholars and more intelligent people, you know. That's why I would have put myself more around and I would have been more into uh, wanting to be more involved in church and more in gospel and, and more in gospel music and with the choirs. Because, I, you know, I discovered, discovered more things about myself, you know, being incarcerated with music. But at the moment, I had opportunity to join choirs and all that stuff, being through my family, my aunts and uh, uncles and all that services that they were providing so it was like i was like really not paying attention to the opportunities that i had i was worried about the wrong uh, opportunities you know so that would be the main thing i would tell myself is to uh put myself around more positive energies you know that that's a very very good answer thank you so much for that it, it sounds like god allowed you to be stopped in your tracks so you can develop in a place where it, it, it some people may not have may not have thought that was the best place to be. But I'll tell you what, um, when a, a seed is thrown in dirt, mm -hmm. it grows into a beautiful tree. And that dirt may not seem like the best environment, but it has all the nourishment that that seed needs. All it needs is some water and some sun, and then it can grow. So sometimes, you know, some of the things that look dirty and don't look right and don't look like the best thing or the right environment, it might be the perfect environment to uh, for that person to germinate, mature, and grow. And so um, now my next question is, what advice would you have for... Anyone else? What would you want them to know? What would you want to share with them? Well, I would, I would like to share to the younger youth and people that, you know, went through and had the thought process and like I did with following the wrong path. I would tell them to stay in school and, and stay doing stuff constructive for yourself, even if it's your own business, you know, sticking, you know, studying something for positivity and building your own business. Stay away from, you know, the streets because it's, it's only going to lead you into prison or dead and that's that's those are the only two places you're going to lead you to the streets and all that's going to lead you to that so stay in school and stay uh independent doing something by yourself you know because a lot of these people that even with my even even myself included uh i was a follower you know i was a follower and uh I like to tell people, don't be a follower. Don't try to follow behind nobody else and your, you know, your big, big cousin, your big friends in the streets or whatever, doing game banging stuff. Don't follow. Don't be a follower. Be a leader, you know. Be a leader and uh, go your own path, you know. Follow your own way, you know. Follow, you know, positive advice, you know, and stay in church and stay keeping the Lord in your soul, you know. Stay uh, prayed up and keep your Bible uh, whatever nation you're in, you know, you know, stay believing in Lord and stay away from 
the streets because it's going to lead you to destruction. I promise you. I know firsthand. And, you know, stay focused into, you know, bettering yourself every day. Every day. You know, stay focused on, you know, building yourself in something better for not just yourself or for the Lord because he's going to bless you with ideas because there's a lot of things that, you know, I used to talk to the Lord about about what I want to do. And then I, I take small steps on, you know, well, oh, well Lord, I want to I want to stop smoking cigarettes. So I'll stop smoking cigarettes. It's a couple of weeks, a couple of months, and then you provide me for different blessings that I was hoping for, like this new job, you know. Mm -hmm. Here, like you know, stuff that you like take your mind away for not just yourself for the Lord, you can actually get blessings for that. Good karma, you know. Mm. Positive things to to do something great instead of just being like the next person and being evil, you know. Mm. It's just you know, I, it just helped me to be a better person. That's what prison really, really helped me. So I tell them to stay away from that, stay away from prison, and stay from being a follower and be a leader and stay in school and stay doing positive things, you know. That's that's a perfect place for us to, to um, I, I would like to just say a quick prayer for you, if I may. Okay. And um, is that is that okay? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. And then we'll close with prayer. Father, we thank you for having this perfect representative. And Lord, you know everything that he needs. And we thank you, Lord, that his steps are ordered by you. Thank you, Father, for him being able to share a testimony and encourage someone today. And Lord, we pray that whoever hears this, that may be going down the wrong path, that is something that was said here that will inspire them and that will cause them to do an about faith, about face, and that they will know that you hear and that you are near and that you love them. And God, that if you did it for prolific, you will do it for them. And that you are able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or think. And Lord, you have heard the, 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 the testimony. You have heard the things that were said today. And we pray that you bless our brother, God. Give him the things that he has asked about. We pray that you will continue to take him from glory to glory. We pray that you will allow him to just develop a powerful walk with you that will shake off any addiction. We plead the blood of Jesus right now against any hindering spirit, any type of demonic forces that will work against him. We declare and decree that no weapon that is formed against him shall prosper and every time that rises against him in judgment, it is condemned. We pray God that you will establish him and that you will use the gifts that he has, you have placed within him. Use those gifts for your glory, Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise and we pray, Lord, that your precious blood will cover him from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. We pray that you'll send your angels to watch over him and keep him in all of his ways. God, we give you praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Okay, so that concludes our this episode of Grace Pace. I am your host, A.M. Wilson, and we like to thank our guest, Prolific, for joining us today. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a blessed day. You too.